It's the Broadway show Uncut, and we're back with another good one. I'm Tamson Fidel. Thanks for being with us. So we have a couple of great interviews. An American Idol is now starring as an American legend. Nick Fratiati is Broadway's new Neil Diamond in A Beautiful Noise. He is so talented. We're catching up in just a few, but first, it's Harmony. It's the role of a lifetime, and it's his fourth one. Chip Zion's talking to us about his incredible career and also his latest great part in Harmony. Here's Paul Wontorek, who had a chance to talk with him. Chip, thank you so much for having me. This is your home. You, you are in uh, my home. This is. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm it's lucky a, to have it. It's just a I've classic. Been here, I've been here since 1985. It's a classic. New York City, Upper West Side. I mean, this is, right. a, great, this is a great place. It's, it's a classic six, and we're very lucky to have it. Classic six meaning six rooms? Yes. <laughs> so you raised your family here. Yes, You've I did. You've done countless shows that I love yeah. while living here. Yeah. Uh, it, well, uh, I actually bought the apartment uh, because of uh, I, I got a down payment, uh, enough money to have a down payment from Howard the Duck. <laughs> with, with the, like, okay. <laughs> okay. I love I, this I go, because... But, you're yeah. real. You're like you're like the ultimate theater guy. You've done a lot of film and TV. Yeah. But you're you're to me. I mean, ultimate Broadway star. Yeah. But actually, Howard the Duck, which is a classic 1980s flop. Yeah. Which has a, a big classic following. Flop. That was a bit. That but that's a a, the, a great footnote in your resume. Yes. But the footnote paid for the apartment. Yes. That 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 was the beauty of it. And <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it it gave me my down payment. And, uh, but then it, it, Into the Woods was supposed to come into uh, town faster than it did. Mm. And I suddenly uh, got very nervous that I didn't have uh, enough funds to sustain my new lifestyle. But it worked out. It's been, you know, it's been fabulous. It's been, it's been good. Now, actually, you, so you are, for everyone, you are the voice of Howard the Docks. I and was that's a very a, specific voice. Yeah, no, no, it's this. It's just you. It was just this. And I was always worried that if I'm doing, uh, you know, Shakespeare in the Park, or, or uh, you know, uh, whatever show that somebody's going to yell out, I, that sounds like Howard the Duck. What's, who is that guy? I know that guy. He sounds like, and you know, I was always worried about that. But, you know, so I, I was ambivalent about the whole experience, but it was an amazing experience. So tell me yeah. about young Chip. Chip is actually yeah. a nickname, isn't it? No. <laughs> yes. It's not uh, the name on your birth certificate. No, uh, my name, my real name. Do you know my real name? I, you do tell people me. know? It's Jerome. Right. Uh, uh, my real name is Jerome Herbert Zion. And um, years ago, I was going to change my name when I was at, when things were going well and I was acting. And I, I said to my agent at the time, I said, I, I think I'm going to change my name. I'm going to be, um, I want to use Jerome, Jerome Zion. He said, no. He said, he, he said, uh, keep the Zion. It's the, it, it, he said, he said, keep, uh, don't change, don't keep the chip, lose the Zion. Lose the that, Zion. Was, that, that, was, that took me too long to get to, but that, that was what he said. No, 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 don't, don't change chip. Uh, but it, I was always called chip, I don't know why. Um, I asked my dad when he was older and I, I, he, he, he always said to me, you know, Chipper, I, I don't know why we call you that. And uh, he said, no, nah, I don't remember why or how it started, so, but I was always chip. I had one math teacher in eighth grade who called me Jerome, and that was the that was it. But there are no headshots that say Jerome. You were always Chip None. as a performer. I never. I was always Chip. 
Yeah. So you actually, uh, South Pacific, is that what got you to the stage? <laughs> yes. I played a magnificent young Polynesian boy. Uh, we put on like tan to makeup. It was a different those, time. Yeah, it was a different time. And we, uh, yeah, I, I sang Ditemois Pourquoi la vie est belle. Ditemois. So you were one of the, one of the, one of the children. One, yeah, Jerome. His name in, in, in oh, South the character. Pacific, character's name is, <laughs> is Jerome. And I was that little boy. And I, yeah, that was, uh, when shows came into, I'm from Milwaukee. Yeah. When shows came into Milwaukee, well, as much as you could have a stage mother in Milwaukee, because there wasn't that much going on, uh, mom took me to auditions. But I became like one of the kids who worked when professional companies came through town. I would get hired to be in their productions, like summer stock stuff, oratorios. I sang at oratorios. And I was a boy soprano. I had. Wow an embarrassingly high voice and um, that was my you know at some point my mom asked me um, it was actually after South Pacific the director of that show said you know Chip if he came to New York could work he could get jobs in the in the theater and my mom asked me if as I, a kid as a kid and my oh. mom asked me if I wanted to go to New York and I said you what you're trying to give me away I am not <laughs> I am not going to New York I was terrified of the whole concept of New York so you yeah. sort of went on a little bit of a performer, but you, you actually, yeah. at first, you didn't think you would make well, this a career. Well, you know, so, you know, I went to camp, like mm -hmm. we do with kids, and um, I, it was a boys' camp. I ended up playing all the great female roles. I, I was uh, Eliza in My Fair Lady. I was <laughs> Lola in Damn Yankees. I was Annie in Annie Get Your Gun, and then my mom called up and the camp director <laughs> said, could he, <laughs> could he graduate into a male role? Is, would that be okay? Is that because of your voice? Yeah, uh, there well, were enough girls in the camp? There were no girls. There were no girls. Yeah, okay. no, we, you know, and it was, it, you know, I was, I loved it because they were the lead roles. Yeah, you so got like, the good I, parts. What the hell? But I was temperamental. I used to, the director gave me a note. I used to go run out of the uh, theater building and I would grab a canoe and run out to the place called Teepee Island and the canoe paddle out and scream. And you know how your voice echoes all over the lake? Yes. I would scream, get someone else. If you can find someone else, get them. I'm not doing it. So anyway, I was tip. Now, of course, I set the gold standard for behavior in the theater. Uh, go ahead. But so I did all that stuff at right. camp. And I think the last show I did was Music Man, uh, you know, where I got to play Harold Hill. And, oh, okay. You know, so... Yeah, so I was motoring down two paths. I, I was. So mom's phone call led to you getting cast as Harold Hill. Yes, mom <laughs> convinced the camp director to, to let me be Harold Hill, and 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 she made a. We, you know, you wore Madras sport coats in that era. Uh huh. Do you know what Madras yeah. is? Yeah. Uh huh. And she took my little Madras sport coat, and in the inside of it, she she put a. Uh, a, a band leader's costume on the inside, a red, you know, frilly thing. And I would take that, I was very proud of that. I would take that Madras jacket off at some point and become Harold Hill. I love it. So mom was, mom was, mom was involved. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. But when, when you went off to school, you okay. kind of didn't think, you, you were gonna be a lawyer, uh, is that right? I was on my way to law school. Okay, just because of the security of it. Yeah, well, I, I had an uncle who was a very successful lawyer and I thought, you know, I should, my dad, my, my dad, um, they, my family, the family business was a plumbing contracting. My dad was a oh, plumber. Wow. And um, it was a rather large company, but they, you know, so, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. And 
my uncle was a very successful lawyer in Kansas City, so I thought that's what I would do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how did you get to New York City? When did you get to New York City? Well, what happened, so at Penn, I went to Penn. Yeah. Um, I, I was in this organization called the Mask and Wig yeah. Club. And uh, it, it felt like, you know, we had, our, we had long runs of shows there. And um, it, it, I started motoring down two paths. I mean, I had a secret desire. I thought maybe I could do the acting thing. Mm -hmm. But um, then the Vietnam War interceded. Right. So law school was not a deferment. So I ended up teaching school. Well, because you got a draft letter, right? And you I was gonna be drafted. You were gonna be drafted, so you had to yeah, I that was, was one of your that was your plan to stay. Right. Home. I had two options. one was I was gonna join a reserve unit. Mm. The other was um, I could I got uh, through pulling family strings in Milwaukee, I got a job teaching school, which I was not really qualified to do, but there was a program where you could get your teacher's certificate mm. at the same time that you were teaching. So yeah, I did that. I taught school for a year. Then the lottery system went into effect. Then my step, okay, I'm, get, I'm getting it. How did I get to New York? Was that the yeah. question? My stepsister had a theater, uh, a theater group from the University of Wisconsin that was in a place called West D, on Illinois, West Dundee, Illinois, mm -hmm. a suburb of Chicago. Somebody got sick. She asked me to join them. I, I now was um, not involved with the draft and I could postpone law school. So I thought, like, what the heck, I'm going to go to this theater. It was called the Chateau Louise in West Dundee, Illinois. And we did John Dos Passes, Passos plays like U.S. It was ridiculous. We went out on a Sunday when we were off. We came back. The place burned to the ground. <laughs> we watched it burn. And we lived there. All our stuff, our record collections in those days, uh -oh. you know, everything burned. Burned to the ground. We had two cars between us. Some kids went to Los Angeles. They were never heard from again. I got in the car that went to New York because I had friends in New York. And uh, I ended up in New York. You that, showed that's, up in New York. Yeah, yeah, and then I find out there's things called backstage. Yeah. Uh, there's newspapers. There's auditions. There's, uh, uh, I, I met my, the guy whose couch I borrowed uh, was dating uh, an agent. And she said to me, you don't look like uh, an actor. You should go back to Milwaukee. And then the next day she called me and she, I, she sent me out on an audition for a Planters Peanut commercial, wow. which I got. And then very quickly after that, I got Charlie Brown and I was like off yeah, and running. I, I mean, it seemed like you, you were Snoopy, you replaced Snoopy. I was Snoopy. Snoopy, right? Yeah, exactly. Off-Broadway. Off no, it? no, no. We were doing the, the we, we did the last production with the original, with Pat Birch and Joe Hardy, the original people oh, wow. directed it and choreographed. And I went to the Forge Theater. Then we were supposed to come in at, to the Golden Theater and be on Broadway. And I thought, this is like really easy. This is like, you know, you're kidding. We're going to be, but that, that didn't work out. We, we ended up not, our cast ended up not being selected to okay. do that. So, so then I was in Actors' Equity. Mm -hmm. I was in, I loved being in Charlie Brown. And I was still applying to law schools. Because wow. okay. I, one of the law schools I got into was Georgetown. I thought I'll go to Georgetown Law School mm -hmm. after we finished the run of Charlie Brown. But I didn't do that. I came back to New York. I got another job right away. And, and you know, I was kind of off and running. It was amazing. Did you do How to Succeed in Business up here when you were a kid? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there, there was... It seems the, like you were, people were really attracted to you early on. It was... You know, I... What were you I, like? It's kind of amazing. I what don't know. Kind of like, like this. 
I, I don't know. <laughs> it was like, you know, I think some people, you know, still think I should have gone to law school. I, there are people in the business who, you know, I, but yeah, no, I, I, um, I ended up getting this, you know, how to succeed in business, playing yeah. the lead, you know, yeah. and um, that led to, I got like a, like a really good agent out of that. And um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was, I was in, like incredibly lucky. I, for the Charlie Brown audition, I, I crashed it. I mean, it was callbacks. Right. I mean, I just went in and said that I didn't have an eight by 10. I didn't know what they oh. were. I had like a four by six uh, headshot. <laughs> And I just and I I just went in because it was at the Booth Theater that uh -huh. audition, and I had never been backstage at a Broadway theater, wow. and I saw it in backstage. When I went in, they said, "These are callbacks. Who are you?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, it must be a mistake. I'm here," <laughs> and and they let me audition. And and uh, so there was so much luck. And I don't think nowadays that that's even possible. Wow. You know. Wow. I don't think it's possible. So, so that's, that's, that was my path of yeah. theater burned down in West Dundee, Illinois. There you go. I got in a car, ended up in New York. What caused the fire? I think the guy who owned the place burned it down. An arsonist <laughs> think, led to yeah, all this. I would say pretty much, yeah. If that, it wasn't for that arsonist, we yeah, wouldn't have for him. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, thank, yeah. Thanks, whoever yeah. you are. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow. And yeah. then you got to Broadway, not, not in hits right away, but you, you. Well, the first, so the Charlie Brown audition was at the booth. Yeah. The first Broadway show I got uh, was also at the booth. Uh -huh. uh, it was a show called All Over Town, written by Murray Schiskel. And that was directed by? Dustin Hoffman. And you played like I, a sex addict. Yes. Well, I played this I did strange, my research. Yes. This like very odd uh, sex <laughs> addict guy. And, and um, uh, you know, I, I tell a story. I, I met, uh, you know, again, at the Equity, when we did How to Succeed at the Equity Library Theater, there was a list of dignitaries who came to the show. One of the guys who was on the list was Dustin Hoffman. Oh. And I, I was ill from it. I, I was terrified that Dustin Hoffman would be watching me act. Did you I, know he was there when he was there? No, I had no idea. Okay. But, but then we, we were out. I was out with my wife uh, across, uh, near Bloomingdale's, and I bump into um, this very statuesque uh, tall blonde woman who my wife seems to know. I don't know who she is. And the next thing I know, there's a hand on my shoulder, and he goes, that's my wife you're talking to. It was Dustin Hoffman. Wow. And again, I, I almost fainted. I, I thought, like, what? Turns out the, the woman that my wife was talking to was his wife, and they had danced together in the New York City Ballet. Um, we ended up at his house. They invited us over for drinks. I'm going, no, I, I, I'm fine. Good, nice, nice to meet you. Uh, he asked me what I do. I said, I... I work nights. <laughs> Is that the line you told people? Yeah, I didn't know what to say. I said, like, I, you know, I work at night. And, uh, I, you know, I said, but this is, you know, eventually I said, look, this is really embarrassing. I, I'm in a show. I think you saw me last night in a show <laughs> called How to Succeed in Business at the Equity Library Theater. He said, no. He said, that was my business partner. We're, oh. we're, we're, we're looking for actors. Okay. And uh, we're keeping files on actors. Let's call my business partner and see if he liked you. Wow. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, we're just, we're drinking wine. It's good. We're at your house. It's fine. Everything's fine. And it, it all turned out. And that's how I ended up in my first Broadway show, wow. which was called All Over Town, uh, directed by Dustin Hoffman. Amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, that was an amazing. I've known your career forever, but actually digging into some of the elements. You, you have 
you are so woven into so many things about this industry. Like, for example, you were in a cabaret show introducing this kind of up-and-coming songwriter at the piano, and it was Alan Menken. I mean, like, before Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, you were, like, the star of his cabaret act. Yeah, well, we, we, I did a bunch of things for Alan. We were really close friends. I, You know, we were little guys who, like, hung out, and I'd go to his place, and he'd play the piano and write the, these beautiful songs, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did the Patch, 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 a review called Patch, Patch, Patch. That's what Patch, it was called, Patch. right. Then there was another review called New York's Back in Town. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> like, and you know, yeah, I got to sing Alan Menken songs, and we became really close friends. But did you get to audition for Seymour? Uh, well, yes. Is there a story there? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, a, we did a show at the Manhattan Theater Club called Real Life Funnies. Uh-huh. It, it didn't work out. It, it, it was, it, it, but I walked with Alan Menken and, uh, uh, you know, his partner of, of Howard Ashman. with Howard, Howard I walked Ashman. with Alan and Howard to the New York Times uh, lobby where, where there were, this is in the old days where you had to go to get yeah. the, the review to get right the review, away. yeah. You had to go stand in that lobby. You had to go stand, to, yeah. stand in the lobby and in the, that was the first place you could get the Times in one of the little machines yep. that you could, you know, pull the window down and take out a newspaper. And the review was bad news. Bad, really bad. And um, and you were with them. I was with them. It was me and Alan and Howard. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I had to separate them. They got. They Howard was upset with Alan. It was good guy. <laughs> there was. This, I think there was a remark along the lines of "I told you, I told you," mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And it got kind of. It got kind of uh, complicated. Let me put it that way. <laughs> the euphemism. You know, how, how truthful are we in these interviews? Totally what what can we say? Oh, you have nothing to lose at this okay, point, Okay, good. Chef. So, 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 <laughs> so, um, so I was, you know, I was with them. Um, I, I also, um, Howard and I had gotten into some arguments. But anyway, uh, you asked about Little yeah. Shops. So I, I got a call from Alan one day, and he said, listen, we've, we've got a part for you um, to be in, uh, uh, in Little Shop as, as the lead. And, and uh he said, there's only one problem. You have to, if you, you come in, you have to apologize to Howard for, for your behavior. <laughs> and and um, so I, I went to the audition and, um, and I, I said, come, you know, it's yeah. theater. Right? We, you know, we, we lose it sometimes. It's fine. We're fine. It's good. I apologize. Whatever uh -huh. it was, I apologize. I get, I, I think the audition's great. I go home. I'm expecting to get the part. Sure. I get a phone call from one of my very dear friends at the time, Lee Wilkoff, who, <laughs> you know, uh, and he said, listen, I just got the weirdest call uh, to come, he was living in LA, to come in and audition for a uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. And he said, what do you know about it? I said, well, <laughs> now this is awkward. I said, I, well, it's, it seems like a good show. You know, it's Howard and, and, and Alan, and uh, it seems good. And, um, uh, he said, well, they are asking me to come in, do you, what, what do you, you know? I said, well, yeah, I mean, if they, you know, I just, what was I going to say? Right. And um, he came in and uh, he, he, of course, got the part. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, so that, that, that was, yes, the answer is yes, I did audition yes. for it and did not get it. Got it. Uh, another, another connection yeah. I, I, I yeah. realized, a couple of years after, Merrily We Roll Along, the biggest hit on Broadway. We never thought we would say that, right? Right. The biggest hit on Broadway, Amazing. Merrily We Roll Amazing. Along. Yeah.
but a couple of years after it failed the first time, yeah. you were in the reworking uh, out at La Jolla. Yes. You were Charlie. Which is a couple of years and, after. Yeah, just a couple yeah. years after, and right. that was supposed to, maybe there was, that was going to maybe come to Broadway. That we, was going we, to maybe be we, the rebirth of we Maryland. We thought we were coming to Broadway. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, thought. it was brutal. Right. Uh, when we found that, well, not, well, but I, I made the, but but in my head, reading about that now, and by the way, I wish I saw that. Yeah. Um, if you would, do you want to perform any of Franklin Shepard since we're all here? Uh, uh, mutter, 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 sell the stock, mutter, buy the rights, mutter, 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 mutter. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> For then a couple years. The show. But I, it almost makes me wonder a couple years later, you landed an amazing role uh, what, that yeah. we all know, the yeah. baker, yeah. in, in, uh, in, in, in the Lewis. next Sondheim project. You know what I mean? Like well, it's kind you, know, of... you know what was amazing about all of that? I mean, it's again, I want to talk about luck. I mean, I, you know, Bill Finn, Falsettos, yeah. March of the Falsettos, yeah. then Lapine comes in to direct Bill Finn shows, then. then Lapine has me come and audition for Merrily Reroll Along. Mm. Now I meet Sondheim, we're at his house. Wow. We're, you know, I mean, this whole thing. So that's the connection, got Right, it. Yeah. so th now I'm there. Now I, you know, I get, I audition for Merrily Reroll Along. I, I get it. Um, th that was, there was a revival of Sweet Charity at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, yep. I, uh, Bob Fossey said to me, he said, I, I, I'm i going to offer you this part right now. I was at an audition for to, to, to play, the, you know, the, the nervous the yeah. guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Sweet Charity. And Bob Fossey said, here's the thing. At, at the audition, he said, 99% of what you just did, I'm not interested in. But the 1% fascinates me. And he said, I'm offering you the job right now, but you have to say yes right now. No agents, just say yes, it's yours. And uh, the casting director, I, so I said, I, I, you know, I wanted to do Merrily. <laughs> and um, so uh, I said, well, you know, I, I, my agent will be so angry. He said, no, no, that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to hear that. I'm offering you the part. And I didn't take it because I said, I, I just have to talk to my agents about mm -hmm. it. Um, Michael Rupert yes. from False House. <laughs> yes, your Michael friend Rupert, and co-star, yeah. Really close friend. Yeah. Uh, got Sweet Charity. He had also auditioned for Merrily. I got Merrily. Um, He's in Sweet Charity. He get, he wins a Tony Award. Yes. He also comes to La Jolla where we're doing Merrily. We roll along, and he said to me, "What a shame." He said, "I'm going to win a Tony Award." This is before he won it or was nominated. He said, "I'll probably win a Tony Award, and your show still doesn't work." <laughs> and we laughed. We let, but, but the other thing about that was that that uh, the uh, uh, casting director from Universal. Um, uh, came backstage after Merrily, and she said, you know, yeah, the show's kind of weird. She said, but to me, you sound like a duck. <laughs> and that led to Howard the Duck and the apartment <laughs> we're sitting in. <laughs> I mean, so those are, you know, there's so much, uh, you know, luck. Your career is you know, uh, hilarious. Amazing. So that, yeah. that was, but I, that, so, so anyway, yeah. yeah, so I do Merrily and was incredibly disappointed we didn't come yeah. back. It was me and Heather McRae and, John Rubenstein yep. and I, I, we thought we were coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. found a video of you online singing uh, Good Thing Going with great hair in front of a piano. So yeah, there's a little yeah. bit of footage yeah. of you Well, what time. was really cool about that was that John Rubenstein's a phenomenal piano player. Mm. So he would, at the scene oh, wow. in the show, he, he played everything. Wow. And uh, that was one of the best times we ever had. We, we, we took, uh, we got notes from Lapine who was in a great mood during that mm. show uh, out on the beach in La Jolla. Yeah. And we had Michael Starobin, who became one of the great mm -hmm. orchestrators on Broadway. 
like dancing as the sun is setting behind them on the beach in La Jolla. And, but yes, um, so merrily we roll along, led to Into the Woods. I, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, I, we could literally sit here for hours yeah. talking about yeah. your career, but you're actually rehearsing a Broadway show. But you have a Broadway yeah. show to get to, but yeah. I could sit here for hours. But you, you're especially special to me mm-hmm. because of this five-year period where you somehow landed in three of my favorite musicals playing three iconic things. And it just, it, I mean, I just adore you for it. I mean, you were the baker in Into the Woods, and then you replaced Michael Jeter as Kringlein in yeah. Grand Hotel. And I saw you do that many times. Yeah. And you're Mendel in, yeah. in False, in uh, Marshall Football. Well, you actually started as Marvin. You were Marvin uh, and in yeah. Trousers, right. fun fact, kids. Yeah. And then you became a Mendel, and we all love that you became a Mendel. Yeah. And, and that was a huge chunk I was of angry. your life. I was angry about it. You wanted to be I Marvin. I wanted to still be Marvin. But it well, worked. in Trousers. But, you were in Trousers, which is a very different stylistic very kind of show. Very abstract and weird. Yes. But, but Bill, Bill, Bill Finn said to me, he said, you're, you're too short. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what happened to that. But, yeah. I, I, uh, so how you, did you land in my three favorite shows? How well, did that happen, I, Chip? I appreciate that you, you said that. <laughs> I, uh, the, you know, that was an unbelievable sequence of yeah. events and uh, and i i'm eternally grateful that i was able to do that uh, you know um uh grand hotel uh, i replaced yeah. and uh, but we were in the martin beck the same at the time yeah. the same theater that into the woods and it was uh, scary because i i knew the theater so well but i didn't know the part i got really pushed on stage wow. But what a great part, and Michael was unbelievable. Michael Jeter was and, just unbelievable. I mean, that number's iconic. And, and you, were number's with, you were also with David Carroll, who I, David I adore Carroll, so much. You know, one of the great, really yeah. so missed, yeah. one of the great Broadway singers of all time, yeah. I think. I yeah. mean, it was, and, you know, slyly funny and just a really great human being and but fun to be with. What is it like? Because so many people who don't know, even know Grand Hotel, they know that number. We'll yeah. take a glass together. Yeah. What is it like actually performing that number? And I mean, because it's, it's, a, it's a physical feat. It, it, I, I was uh, desperately out of breath by the end of that number. And the, uh, in that show, there's a baron, you know, um, who, who helps me because yes. I'm, 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 the character I'm playing is not well. But right. at that moment, I really was not well, and, and I would be uh, absolutely out of breath and kind of panicking about it. And he would, like, carry me uh, upstage to the banquette to put me down. Wow. <laughs> and, at the end uh, of the number? To calm me. He said, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I wonder if I should have been in better shape or something, yeah. but, but it was... That number was an amazing number, and you wanted to crush it every night. You yeah. wanted to kill it, and uh, but by the end of it, yeah, I was always a little panicked that I had I was having a heart attack. But yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad that <laughs> yeah. never happened. Yeah, what's really special about Broadway is that for audiences, a lot of times there isn't video of everything, right? Sometimes now there is on YouTube, but mm-hmm. but you're you're in people's memories i mean like it like i remember your performance in grand hotel like it, it was it was yesterday what is it like to to get to be a part of projects that are so special to people and well well grand hotel was um it was so much fun to do i i know you know we say that and it becomes sort of but it was an unbelievable experience because um you know, I got to do a foxtrot with Jane Krakowski. Um, 
and um, it, it, the Tommy Tommy Tune had a way of choreographing that made you look really good. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I would walk out of the stage door, and people would say, you know, where did you study dance? And I, <laughs> I see my wife would just kill my wife as a, <laughs> a dancer, ballet dancer, and she would just laugh. I mean, it was like, but. Um, you know, I, I again. There's such an element of luck. I, I I got I was in L.A. when they, I got a phone call to come back to to do Grand Hotel. I came, They asked me to audition. They said they we were going to see three people. That's a, and um, and I was in L.A. and I I answered I answered the phone. I said to my agent, I said, No, no, I'm trying. I'm out here now. I'm trying yeah. to get. I'm trying to f figure out what to do after Into the Woods. And then I went back to sleep. It was like you know early L.A. time. And when I woke up, I thought, like, that's a big mistake. Mm. And I, coming back to do Grand Hotel, was what, what I, I loved every minute of it, mm. every minute of it. And the show was no intermission. It was an hour and a half. You were at it. You could talk on stage because you, it was a hotel lobby. <laughs> and you were home, you know, obviously, you, you know, 8 o'clock. We were home by 9.30. It was in that chair, sitting in that yeah, chair. Yeah, sitting right here, like, uh, you know, reading a book. <laughs> But it was, yeah, I, I just, I, I, you know, I just, um, I loved it. Yeah, and falsettos. And, 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 then, and then we go to falsetto. Falsettos well, is falsettos the... Falsettos was such a many years, right? Stretched yeah, and it was Coming such, to Broadway was many years later. It was such a family event. Yeah. I, I mean, what I've, I, I've, I've said it before, but, you know, Bill Finn is like family yeah. to me. I mean, we talk all the time, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and we fought and talked and we developed these shows and yeah. they changed and I always was upset I didn't have a power ballad in Falsetto Land, the second act. I, I hear it, I still to this day, I'll talk to Bill Finn on the phone, he'll say like, yeah, I still don't have that power ballad. I <laughs> and, love it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, um, that was a family and sort of that, that feeling of family yeah. and also the time at which Falsettos uh, landed on Broadway was in the midst of a, yeah. of a horrible moment in our history yeah. of, of um, sadness and, yeah. and people who came to the show, many of our friends were not well. And, yeah. um, that, that it, 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 um, it felt more important than any of the normal concerns you have when you're opening a show with critics coming and all that well, stuff. It seemed to be greater than that. So it was, it was a celebration. It was like a joy to open it. We weren't that worried. We all had known each other for yeah for over 12 years and and we had done workshops and various versions of it and um, so that it was that was a celebration I often wish that Bill Finn would I, I would love to say why can't we get a, a Mendel Trina I want to see where they a are sequel? now a sequel I want to see that yeah I want to see yeah. part four yeah and I then you can have your power ballad let's yeah I'm, yeah well I, we talked about it, it, it was what always, are they up to it was always talked about but I, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna happen I can keep saying it. Yeah, I'm just could, trying to, trying know, to will I, it to happen. Yeah, I know. Um, but but so, at this point in your life yeah. and in your career, when something like Harmony comes along, this is a big juicy role. You're rabbi. Right. It's you're narrating the show. Yeah. So much of the show relies on your connection to the audience. You're incredibly charming. You're telling the story. You're bringing us in. It's a memory play. Yeah. What what is it like to get an opportunity at this point? And and well, how is it different than Maybe some of these other things we talked about. Well, you know, it may be the greatest part that I, I mean, the most, and also we're landing again at, at, a, at a pivotal moment yeah. in our politics and in our history. Um, 
Look, I was kind of pulling back. I, I mean, uh, through the pandemic, and uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, I got a call from my agent that Barry Manilow has a show. I didn't know the history of the show, and, and you know, they're they're very interested in you for this part. And I said, Barry Manilow couldn't possibly know me, hmm. and but it turned out that that you know he did. And then and Warren called, and um, Warren Carlyle called, and we talked about it. And I, I was curious, like, what, what would it be? What is it? I mean, a Barry Manilow show and Bruce right. Sussman, and and uh, they sent me the script, and I thought, like, it's unbelievable, but it's, it's, a, a serious part. It's funny, but it's serious and it's difficult. And uh, I was, you know, I was worried about stamina. I'm not mm -hmm. as young as I used to be, and well, that's obvious. And. Uh, you, you know, not so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, so you you know, it's it's. It, I years ago, I I was I was friendly with uh, Tony Randall, the actor Tony, yeah. who also lived just down the street, and he said to me like, if you get like you know in your in an entire career, if you get a couple Broadway shows, that you think you have a great role in, mm. you're, you're lucky if you have two. Mm. He said two, maybe three, and I've had four. And it's, um, you know, I was saying to my cousin last night who came to the show, we're, you know, from Milwaukee, I said, like, what, what happened? How did this happen? And, uh, and he said, I don't know. He said, I watched you grow up. You were just kind of a, you know, little guy who was annoying. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he said, it is, it, it, I, that's how I feel. I feel absolutely amazed. And this role in particular has become so important to me, and um, and they they hired me. I love it. Yeah, I love I love yeah. it. It's just it's so nice to see someone get opportunities like yeah. this. It's amazing. Yeah. Paul, thank you. Now here's my chat with Nick Fradiani. We caught up outside the Broadhurst Theater. How was last night? Are you still on a high? <laughs> I am. It was uh, it was amazing. I mean, I've I've been doing it now for about a year as right. the alternate, but yesterday was my first uh, official performance as the lead, and it was it was amazing. It was just, I had my family here, and it was fun. How, does it feel different as like knowing that this is it for a while? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more daunting knowing you know eight shows compared to two shows a week right. is, is going to be much different. But uh, but I love the show, and it's like it's just so much fun. I get to play the guitar, I get to sing songs I love, and it's it's been great. I just feel like it's a good time every night. It right? is. It truly is, and like the the, the crowd gives it back to us, yeah. which is which is huge when you're doing something every day, the same thing to get that feedback. Yeah. It, it just it saves you. Uh, Will, I'm sure you worked very close with him. Yep. Uh, what what did he t tell you, teach you, uh, impart to you as as he left and you came into the role full time? I think a lot of what Will taught me was just from from watching him. Um, you know, he was. I, I I I left him a note before I left, and I said just uh, from the beginning, from rehearsals, just his work ethic uh, and his professionalism. I, I think I learned just a lot from watching him and being out there and watching the growth of the show and watching him really 
create the role uh, was was really special and to be there during the rehearsals and everything. But he's a great guy and it's a, it's an honor to be able to step in and, and, and do the do the role now. Yeah, wonderful person. And uh, Neil, you've met Neil as well, yep, right? Yep. Was it, have you met him more than once or was that just a... I've met him uh, twice, okay. uh, maybe three, time, three times. Um, and that, that was just crazy because yep. I grew up, truly my father was a di my dad's a musician. Yeah. Uh, so my whole life was my was going out and watching my dad gig and play at different places and he would always do Neil Diamond music. So to be able to, you know, it was, I think it's probably been the most proud I've ever seen my dad Aww. is when he comes and gets to see me do these songs. So but anyways, but to see to to get to talk to Neil and, and meet him and, and get some feedback from him and, and his wife Katie, it's been it's been crazy. <laughs> do you feel like you're studying him when you're watching him or just listening or just trying to take absorb it? What what does it feel like? I can't I imagine. I think I did so much studying of him through YouTube <laughs> videos over the last year and a half that I, I, I you know I, I studied his mannerisms, the way he spoke, the way he sings, the way he performs. Uh, so once I got to actually meet him now it was more more just like kind of being in awe of just knowing as a songwriter myself to know what he's written uh, mm -hmm. over the last however many years is, is crazy you know he's a prolific songwriter so yeah just just being in his presence was really cool the staying power of it and the generations are that have really you know that appreciate and love sure. that that's what really you know it stands yeah, the test of time it does I mean to have you know to have songs like obviously like Sweet Caroline that you hear sure. probably almost every day sure. somehow uh, and then, and then to, to write "I'm a Believer" for the Monkees that not a lot of people know. That's another one of the songs that you hear almost every day. So, it's just, it's just, uh, he's a crazy talent, and I'm glad that people are getting to to see his real story. This is the first time it's really been told, and this is how he wanted it to be told. So it's cool to be, and you know, it's a heavy burden to, you know, sure. you want to do it justice every night. So it's. it's Was great. there anything surprised you about his story? Uh, that you know, when you when you first went into it, I mean, your your dad being a, a big fan and you growing up with that. Was there anything that surprised? about a story that I think I think more that he was kind of an introvert and he was uh, he was shy and and he uh, he had some he had some uh, not dark sides to him but he had a not the easiest uh, life coming up and um, I think when you see him perform you don't think that right. you know and I've, I only knew him as the performer so to get to know him as the man and the person uh, has been uh, has been special your dad. Let's go back to your dad for a yep. moment. Uh, you grew up watching him, sitting alongside him. I know this was the first concert you guys went to. Is that right? Yeah, three years old. Um, I don't remember it. I think it was three <laughs> or four, but my, my dad, uh, I was a, a, a real Neil Diamond fanatic as a kid uh, because okay. of him. So. Right. Yeah, it was our my first official concert, and I think every Christmas was Neil Diamond Christmas albums, and uh, which is actually how I think I got his voice down because me and my dad would like jokingly jokingly sing the oh, in the wow. Neil voice, like he would do, um, oh come oh come Emmanuel, and we would joke do it over. But then I was like, oh that is kind of, he has different fall offs with his vocals and. And uh, so I think the Christmas album with my, listening to that with my dad was That's a big so uh, was a big help. That is so special. You yeah. perform with your dad now too, right? Yeah, we perform still all the time. Um, we do. Uh, this year we weren't able to, but for the last like seven years we've done uh, Christmas uh, shows. We've traveled all over the place and done them, and we've done a lot of videos together. That some have gone viral. Uh, you know, he's a tremendous talent. I mean, oh. it's still he still has his voice. He could play like every instrument. Uh, so. I still look look up to him as a musician all the time. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing to be able it to is, say. It is special. It is. Talking about the trajectory of your career, starting where you started to where yep. you are right now. Do you think about that when you open that stage door? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I never would have thought, you know, even five years ago that I that I would be doing this. Um, 
you know, my first musical was in 2019 uh, where I was in a Bronx tale. I did the yeah. national tour and I just fell in love with it. My girlfriend is in, uh, was in that production and she's across the street in Moulin Rouge. Oh, so we both started on Broadway at the same time. And right. uh, but yeah, you, you know, I, I just love to perform and I, I've fallen in love with the acting side of it and, and just the camaraderie of the cast and everything. It feels like I'm back like in a band kind of yeah. where you, you have the wins together, you have the losses together, you create something together. And um, I've just fallen in love with musical theater. I, I just never would have thought, but it's, uh, it's just a, an honor to be able to walk in there every night. And so it's been, it's been great. It really is beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. No, really thank you. This is great. Time. Thank I really you so do. much. It was so much fun talking to Nick. He is really killing it as Neil Diamond. Check out some of his music videos covering some of Neil's songs on YouTube, also over on Instagram. It's pretty unbelievable how good he sounds and how much he sounds like Neil. That's going to do it for this time. We've got another episode coming soon. Until then, I'm Tamsin Fidel. You're listening to The Broadway Show Uncut. <laughs>